Hi, welcome to Unstructured, a podcast about how I'm put together and also how I'm still a mess. I'm your host, Matt Struck, and today is episode one. That's cool. Salvage love, single on Valentine's Day and okay with it. I used to dread Valentine's Day. I never have been able to keep my New Year's relationship in good standing long enough to make it to February. Several years ago, I even intentionally booked a flight back to Denver on the 14th. I figured if I would spend another year being single, I might as well kick it off with being 30,000 feet in the air. Grandiose and absurd. It's just my style. This year, something changed. Um, I didn't care anymore. I completely understand why I used to. Our culture is very romantic. If you have a free hour, I would suggest the lecture titled On Romanticism by philosopher Alain du Bouton, if I pronounce that right. He goes on to outline how romantic books and movies shape how we experience our relationships. I highly suggest it. I mean, look at our movies, TV shows, music. They all put a premium on that searing hot romantic love. And if someone posts in a relationship on Facebook, the likes skyrocket and the bandwidth dims. We love love. That obsessive love. That drunk-off-your-own-brain-chemicals love. That run-through-the-airport-and-somehow-get-through-security type love. Keep in mind, this is not a knock on romantic comedies. I love rom-coms. Actually, can we cue up some romantic music? You know the scene I'm talking about. Before the two people meet, and the city is revealed, and they follow a taxi from one side of a bridge to the other to show that, you know, the story's about to go somewhere. Romantic comedies are hilarious because in them, people can work at a bookstore twice a week and afford a New York loft apartment. Hilarious. If my life were a rom-com, it would just be 90 minutes of me installing and uninstalling dating apps to make room on my phone. Maybe that's why I'm single. Last year, I thought I might be ending my single streak when I started catching feelings for a friend. I know. I kept it quiet because as cliche as it is, I didn't want to lose the friendship. But that's how I really felt. We started to grow apart. I started a new job and she got into a new relationship. I started to notice little bubbles of jealousy and envy popping into my brain. Little voice in my head saying things that I don't agree with. You're not good enough. Nobody likes you. You ugly. You know, those kind of things. Which, given my history with drinking, those are dangerous places for my mind to wander. I had a dream where I showed up unannounced at her wedding, and I saw all the joy flood from her face. That dream was a sign that I had to create some distance before I became a real-life wedding crasher. I saw that she tweeted about her relationship, and I almost replied with, Wow. Cool. So, yeah, I had to see myself out. So, I jumped back into my show really late night. It worked for a little bit because it kept my mind occupied, but it wasn't long until my old thoughts came back for stage time. This time around, instead of letting my insecurities drag me through the mud, I began to treat them with humor. I recalled past relationships and what they were really like. I envisioned a sketch where a company would offer a service called the Boyfriend Experience. Here's an example of my tweet. 
February 5th, 1219 p.m. I'm starting an app that offers the full boyfriend experience, just in time for Valentine's Day. For signing up, you will receive the immersive experience of me, yes me, being 40 minutes late to picking you up, hijacking conversations to talk about my late night show, 35 minutes of free complaining at your work function, having to rewatch Bird Box because I fell asleep at the beginning several times. Dinner for two, which is just a cold bowl of ravioli and a flat can of Sprite. If this service is of interest to you, please email reallylatenightshow at gmail.com. And in the subject header write, you said you would pick me up, where are you? The post was well received. Single people and couples all laughed in unison. Cut to gif of people clapping at the Oscars. At some point in our relationships, we realized that we are not in a rom-com. We realize that dinner sucks. We realize that we're not interested in our partner's day, but we still love them and that's okay. On the other end, I realize that I'm not in a rom-com and that's okay. I get to complain to myself at my own work function and not burden someone else with it. I get to stay at the office late, writing jokes and articles without someone feeling neglected. That's a win. And that creative freedom is something I've been craving for years. So show some gratitude, Matt. I used to believe that the reason why I was single was because I was not good enough or I was unattractive, but the reality is I was too drunk. I was living in between places and just the sheer chance of it all, you know? A lot of our lives are happenstance, our jobs, our friends, our lovers. How much of it do we all just kind of stumble into? And not to get too woo-woo, but the symphony... Here, play some dramatic music. The symphony of causes and conditions that are in play that shape our day-to-day lives, it's so vast. To be stuck on the what-ifs, it's really disrespectful to what is. You are not in a rom-com. I am not in a rom-com. Which is great, because does anyone like running through the airport anyways? Thank you for listening. Um, I'm excited to put out more episodes, and... Here's to being a mess.